0: Hey everybody, it's me Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It is a podcast that I do throughout the week and then I string it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains here in beautiful Asheville, Western North Carolina. Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters, and I just wanted to report to you about a very special tasting that I was invited to, along with some of the other press people in town, and the very, very popular restaurant, Nine Mile, uh, in fact, so popular that it has been voted the uh, favorite restaurant of Asheville for eight years in a row, and that is in the Mountain Express best of wnc and that's a whole different topic that we'll talk about another time i don't know if you saw the best of wnc this year but it was a little weird and we'll talk about it another time but in the meantime go get yourself an issue with the mountain express and look at the best of wnc and uh so anyways nine mile great restaurant doing um jamaican style jamaican influenced food in, started in Montford. Now they have one in West Asheville. They might even have another one down south. I'm not sure these days what's up with everybody opening second, and third restaurants in East Asheville and South Asheville and stuff like that. But um, I was invited along with, as I said, other members of the media. So it was great to see Jason Sanford from Ash Vegas there. Jason is the person who took a chance on me and published a bunch of my food reviews back about uh, 13 years ago. God no 9 years ago sorry i don't know where the number 13 came from 9 years ago jason published my first uh reviews and um and it's been great ever since i've turned into just such a fan of this food scene here and uh so jason was there the folks from a- uh the folks from citizen times sent a photographer to come take pictures And Jonathan Ammons from the Dirty Spoon was there. And I showed up with my buddy Patty Riles from Asheville Food Tours. And boy, howdy, we'd love to get Nine Mile on a food tour. But who knows if that can happen since they are located in Montford and our food tours are of downtown Asheville. Uh, So any hoodles, we were invited by the press person and by like the promo person that works for Nine Mile. And uh, by Chef Aaron Thomas himself, who was there with us. And the purpose for the tasting, the purpose for the invitation was because these guys have started to bottle and market their hot sauces and dressings. And they wanted to let us taste them and they wanted to let us know about them. And of course, they want us to take pictures and report about them to you all. You all, I said that like a real Yankee, and I am a Yankee, just in case you don't know. I come from Boston, Massachusetts. Please don't throw rotten tomatoes at me. Um, so any hoodles? Yes, uh, Chef Aaron was there, and we sat at a big table, and we there was a tiny little menu that we ordered off of, and there was only two items or three items on the menu, a salad, a different salad, and then both salads. And so I got both salads, a small version of each, as opposed to the people who only wanted one salad got one big salad. And the reason why there are two salads offered is because one was vegan and one had some grilled chicken on top of it. And I got one of each and we were there to try the hot sauces, which we did first, just with some corn chips and stuff. And I want to tell you, they were really, really, really good. My favorite one was called the Red Eye, Um, again, with that Jamaican theme to it. It's got the eye in it, like eye and eye. And um, the red eye is kind of smoky hot uh, with smoky chipotles in there and fire roasted tomatoes. And I like that because a lot of hot sauces don't have any tomato content to them. And so they're kind of thin and vinegary and more about the hot than the flavor or the melding in with the food. And I love all kinds of hot sauce, don't get me wrong, but I love one that does have a tomato base to it. So I was really happy that this smoky hot red eye had a fire roasted tomato base. So if you like that kind of smoky and flavorful hot sauce, it did have some heat, but it wasn't killing me. I recommend that one for you. The other two hot sauces, one was called the Sun is Shining. The Sun is Shining. And that was a really interesting one. It was a mango ginger curry hot sauce. And I can imagine putting this thing on all kinds of food from fish to chicken, vegetables, of course. Um, it was a really nice hot sauce with a lot of nice flavor. The curry wasn't like super curry in your face. It was a, I wouldn't call it subtle either. It was somewhere in between and it was really nice. I liked it a lot. And then the hempress rising was a tomatillo and thyme and hemp seed oil hot sauce. And the tomatillos added a nice tang to it, you know, tomatillos have a tangy, acidic quality to them, and that was really nice, and um, of course, a little hint of time, too much time can be terrible, but just a little hint of it, and then just as an old hippie myself, I do like the idea of hemp seed oil being in food these days, it's everywhere you look, Uh, there's even hemp milk, ice cream at the hop. And I love that. So hemp me up, people. Uh, I cannot wait for marijuana to be legal in this state. Holy moly, y'all. Hey, Governor Cooper, are you listening to me? Wave your magic wand, make weed legal. You'll never have to run for office again because people will just reelect you every time you're up and you'll be a hero to the people of North Carolina. I go out of state to states where it's legal and it's like i don't want to be too dramatic but it just stinks coming back to north carolina i won't compare it to being behind the iron curtain i won't do that but i'll just say it's kind of a drag to have to go back into the black market to score a little bit of weed in this town anyhow what was i talking about uh hot sauces let's move on to dressing and so after we were done tasting the hot sauces then we moved on to the dressing portion of it the salad dressings and i guess that Uh, Nine Mile is kind of famous for its salad dressings. I was unaware of this, but they have some on the menu that are just so popular that during the shutdown, uh, the 2020 shutdown, when the restaurants were closed and only doing takeout, people were requesting pint like pint containers of the hot of the dressing. And so the chef was selling dressing that way. And now it's all packaged up. And I have to say, the. The packaging is very, very nice on both the hot sauce and the dressing. And I think the chef told me that his wife does the graphic design. And usually, when you're sourcing from family, it can be a little dicey like, oh, this is terrible design. But uh, this design was very nice. So, I'm gonna guess chef's wife is a professional graphic designer because it looks fantastic. And uh, so the, the dressings were called His Majesty's plural but there was no um object of the possession so his or not plural um possessive uh his majesty's so i guess it's his majesty's salad dressing and it is a sesame garlic tahini dressing so yes i can imagine that's very popular with the hippies of asheville garlic eaters you all have horrible breath why don't you eat a mint afterwards come on um yeah that one was very tasty very garlicky that, that was with me for the rest of the day uh but and the other one was called jalapeno lime again uh, a little jamaican theme there h o l l a jalapeno lime and that one was excellent i really liked that i could see not just putting that on salads but on just about any kind of fish or vegetable or chicken or just dip in a taco into it, put it on a taco. Like, yes, it was a salad dressing and not a hot sauce or a taco sauce, but that one I would put on just about anything. It was really, really good. So uh, that was our tasting and the salads themselves were excellent. Like it was kind of funny because the tasting was at 11 o'clock in the morning and I wasn't sure what was going on. I knew it was a hot sauce and salad tasting um, taste a uh, salad dressing tasting, but I didn't, no, we'd be eating salad for breakfast and that, that was new for me uh I, I rarely eat salad for lunch or dinner let alone for breakfast but felt good going in uh and um stayed, t- tasted great and the dressings were fantastic so there you go a little tasting at the um at the Nine Mile, in we went to the one in Montford, and it's just a lovely location, lovely uh, restaurant inside. The decor is great. I'm going to imagine that during regular hours are playing reggae and stuff, and it is just an Asheville favorite, literally Asheville's favorite restaurant this year and for seven previous years to that. So eight years in a row, congratulations to Chef Aaron and everybody at Nine Mile. All right, folks, uh, that's it for that. I want to encourage other restaurants to invite me and the other food writers and bloggers and independent media people in this town to your tastings, because it's good for you. It's like free advertising. It's good for us to know what y'all are up to so that we can talk about it and write about it, and if you need me to hook you up with some independent media people that you're that you don't have contact information for you can reach out to me i have a cc list that i am in contact with the other food writers and uh food bloggers and ind- independent media people in this town and we write to each other about food all the time just in case you didn't know that we are in touch with each other and we're here to help you both the restaurateurs the chefs and the eaters of course to find the good stuff i always tell people my job in this town is to point people towards good food. All right, y'all, thanks for listening. If you eat something fantastic, let me know about it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Substack. I'm Stu Helm Food Fan on all of those platforms. And sign up for my newsletter if you want to. It's free, or you can pay for it. And when you pay for my free newsletter, you are a straight-up boss. That's all there is to it. People who pay for stuff they don't have to just because they want to, they are dope-ass people in my book, and I like you very much. All right, folks, that's that. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters. And I have a special guest, a return guest, a friend of mine. He certainly sees my face a couple times a week. And it's nice to hear his voice and see his face here on this Zoom recording for the audience. I use Zoom to record these episodes so that me and my guests can at least look at each other while we're talking. And I am here with Chef Tom LaFauci from Twisted Laurel, Asheville. Hey, Chef Tom, how are you? How are you, man? You good today? I am great. Thank you for asking. Uh, today is a Monday. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Today is yes. Monday.
0: So Monday, Twisted Laurel is closed, but I can tell by your outfit and the background <laughs> that you are at work. Is that yeah, correct? We
1: are, we are at work today. Monday is a typically a work day for us, um, okay. just because as, as, as busy as we are, we're only open Tuesday through Saturday. Right. But Monday's a, a delivery truck delivery day for us. And we do prep and get things set up so that we can walk in and keep prepping and serving on Tuesday. So it doesn't make Tuesday. That's ter- that terrible. You know,
0: that's, that's very forward thinking,
1: I guess is the way I would describe that. We have to be, we have to kind of stay ahead of it. If if we let it catch up to us, it just becomes, we're not able to serve our guests the way we need to. So
0: That's when you get in the weeds. If you, if you let, if you if you're just doing things in in any job, not just in the game, but if you're just doing things as they happen, it tends to blow you away and pull you over, and then everybody's like, ah. but stay ahead of the wave, stay ahead of the wave. I like that, Tommy. But Tom, we're not here to talk about waves, no. we're here to talk about smash burgers because you saw my shout-out on the food and beverage group on Facebook where I was looking for people to talk to me about smash burgers, uh-huh. And Bunch of bunch of people stepped up and wanted to chat about it. Chatted with Chef Stephen Goff last week, and I want to have a continuing conversation, not just about Smash Burgers. Actually, people really tended to only read half of that post. It was kind of interesting. I want to talk specifically about Smash Burgers versus Bar Burgers and what the difference is and preferences and such. Now, no secret that Twisted Laurel has my fa- current favorite. Smashburger in downtown Asheville, Tom.
1: Well, that's nice of you to say. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you know we we've done like a pub style burger before. The, uh, I've been here about three years now. We've done a pub style burger. We've done a smash burger. They both go well. Um, I think they both have you know their 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 pros and cons. Um, list them we, for us.
0: List list the pros and cons. What's the pros and cons of the smash burger?
1: The smash burger is it it. it it makes it's it's greater than the sum of its parts because of the technique um, that that does make turns a, a regular burger into a smash burger. You know, you take we 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 take our, our we don't necessarily patty out burgers. We just have balls of meat and we put them on the grill and we have a spatula that is a, a heavier heavier gauge spatula specifically for smashing burgers into the griddle. Okay. Because um, the, the, the the whole action of a smash burger is that caramelization that you get off of your plancha or griddle or whatever you're cooking it on. um, That's the whole game is that that's where the the majority of the flavor comes from. And the majority, it's it's all technique. Okay. Um, You know, and then, I mean, you've, you've had our smash burger. We don't put any crazy, I mean, we put American cheese, sliced white onions, a house made burger sauce and pickles on a bun. I mean,
0: (laughs) this is one of the comparisons that I make between a smash burger and a pub burger or bar burger or specialty burger or whatever you want to call those. Others is that with the smash burger, I'm almost always looking for it to be more and more simple rather than with a bar burger. You want it to be like kind of more and more crazy and um oh you got some deep fried jalapeno poppers with the cream cheese inside <laughs> on the burger with some bacon <laughs> <You're right. laughs> and a pineapple ring uh, all yeah. right i'll try that but when it comes to a smash burger i'm more looking for the way you guys do it with pickles onion american cheese on a white bun
1: yeah, yeah. i mean it's it, it, it's the the smash burger is more about technique the pub burgers or bar burgers more about creativity
0: yes so let me ask you this, Tom. We all, have, we all know that Twisted has a great smash burger. I can, I can hardly resist it. You, you know this about me and my boss, Patty, that when we're downtown, we're looking to eat lunch. The world is our oyster. Like, we can eat anywhere. <laughs> How often do we eat at Twisted, Laura? Like 50% of the time, we're having lunch at Twisted. And it's because we love your smash burger and your fried chicken sandwich. So we often split those two things. Um, so you guys have nailed the smash burger. You said that in the past at twisted, you've done bar burgers. Would you ever have them side by side on the menu? Uh,
1: You know, I don't know. It's something I've never actually thought about, um, until right now, it would be interesting to see which which one was, which one would win out. I, I think you've got people who are, who love the idea of a smash burger and love the idea of a, a more sort of dressed up burger. That's more of a bar burger. Um, definitely, it, it, you know, like I said, one's more technique, one's more creativity, and I'm curious. It would be curious to see. Um, I'll never say no, but it would be curious to see if we did do that, which one would work out.
0: Yeah, that would it would be almost fun to have a lighthearted competition on your menu, like have like smash burger versus bar burger type of thing. I don't know, that that would be fun because I was talking to Stephen Goff about how I feel like the pendulum of preference swings back and forth between the two with the public Uh as well as with myself. And right now I'm swinging hard towards smash burgers. I just love them. And I will say that sometimes people dress up those smash burgers, like the smash patties, like a bar burger, they'll stack them two or three high and they'll goop them up with all kinds of, you know, pimento cheese and a quail egg or whatever they're doing here in Asheville, you know? So there, there is such a thing as the hybrid, right? Um, And, and I enjoy those to an extent because these days, I guess I'm just preferring the flat patty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you get more flavor out of three ounces of meat than you do out of six or seven ounces of meat. That's on a bar burger because of the, again, it's the technique it, it's getting that uh, really hot griddle, letting get the meat just kind of ca- almost caramelize on that, mm-hmm. on that griddle. And that's, what generates all the flavor. I mean, you know, you bar burgers, you see people with, you know, different burger seasoning blends and all different stuff to kind of, because there's so much actual protein to cook. You got to kind of, you got to season it. That's whereas, really interesting.
0: The,
1: whereas, you know, with a, with a, a smash burger, honestly, we season all of our, anything that goes on our flat top, we season it with just kosher salt. Okay. That's it. Because the plancha is, is so ripping hot that when it hit, when the, the protein hits it, you know, whether it's a, a Philly cheesesteak or a smash burger or whatever, the caramelization creates flavors that you just can't get from a larger patty because you just, you just have to cook it longer. You know what I mean? I did you can not cook it really go that
0: you can oh. cook it quicker.
1: You can cook it, you know, you don't, you, you can cook it quicker. So it's fresher and more. It's kind of like the five guys idea, you know, where everything is cooked really fast and it comes out really hot and it comes mm-hmm. out still juicy. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the burgers that at least five guys cooks, they say right on their menu it's well done, but juicy.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's the other thing about a smash burger is you don't order it by temperature. Like you might no. in a bar burger. Um, yeah. So we've listed a lot of the pros of the smash burger. What are some of the cons of the smash burger? Like a lack of creativity in the kitchen might be one. Like maybe the kitchen gets bored of flipping burgers, starts to feel like burger King or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm it, just it turns guessing.
1: In, it, turns in, it turns into it. It's a burger flipping mentality. It's just, okay. you know, boom, boom, boom. And it's, it's when when you you can hide behind create you can hide behind creativity a little bit you can't hide behind technique if you don't have technique then it's not going to be consistent the same way delicious every time so it's it's it can get boring from a cook from a a, a cook standpoint where it's just you know it's you're not you know American cheese and pickles and sliced white onions is not you know yeah, it's it, it's not whole cuisine. I mean, no. that's not that's not fool anybody here. <laughs> no, no. But at the same, but at the same time, you know, if you're doing it and you're cooking it, it, it's more concentrating on technique and your how you're cooking it and making sure your griddle is is always scraped down and clean and making sure it's always hot and making sure you're organized. It's so. easy man.
0: <laughs> so you could say, yeah, you could say that the one of the cons would be that if your technique is not on point, your burgers are going to be noticeably inferior. If they're smash burgers, then if you were dressing them up as a bar burger.
1: Yeah. I mean, and there's technique in doing a bar burger too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, but it's not as, but, it's easier to hide, as you say, with all the fancy, like, like I can see this now, how the technique, cause I've had a smash burger not too long ago. That was not, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was more of a snack. I just got a single patty. Um, yeah and it was not seared right like it was smashed but probably the grill wasn't super hot so it didn't have a sear on it or crispy edges it was just like well done cooked beef on a burger bun and as i said it was enjoyable enough but now that i'm hearing you talk about how important the technique is i can see that their technique was flawed
1: yeah or or you know they had Or or was super busy and they had you know twenty smash burgers going at once and one didn't get pressed down the way the other nineteen did you know I mean (laughs) there's there's a hundred things that go into it yeah um but there there's less to kind of hide behind you got you got to you got to understand the technique you got to cook it right yeah you're just there's not you know we used to do a we did our pub we when I first started here we used to do a pub burger and it had uh, whiskey bacon jam onion sousbees you know seventeen dollar a pound English cheddar I mean we had. You know, we had some really good ingredients on there, but you know, the the burger was almost not the star. The yeah, beef was almost right. not the star. Yeah, whereas the smash tends burger. Yeah, whereas you know the the burger was you know worked with everything else, whereas the the in a smash burger, you got nailed to nail the patty. Everything it. else is su- is supporting the beef, so or Absolutely. whatever protein you're using. I agree.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had bar burgers that have like straight up have pulled pork on them and stuff. And I'm like, is this a pork sandwich with a burger underneath it or (laughs) a burger with a pork on top of it? Like I can't decide. Um, And and straight up like a big old hunk of pork belly on there. And those are interesting. Those do turn into what I find to be like fork and knife sandwiches rather than pick them up and eat them sandwiches. Which uh, going back to the pros of the smash burger, or maybe let's move on to the bar burger and just call it a con of the bar burgers. It's it's hard to grab and go. You're not you're yeah. hanging out at the bar, right, watching sports or whatever, and you're attacking this burger and you're going through a million napkins, and it's a whole different experience than a smash burger, which is really made to chow down pretty quickly and get back to work.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a pro of the the bar burger is. You know, you it, it's a dying experience. You know there what you I mean. Go. You you get you you can get a great bun and you get a great you know. It, it's more like eating a steak on bread than it is a burger because you typically your bar burgers, especially when you've got when you're in the hands of a really good chef or a really good team, mm-hmm. you get a better cut of meat, you get a better grind, you get a beef grind, you get better cheese, you get better bread, you get better presentation. It's yep. a that's your 18, that's your eighteen dollar downtown almost fine dining burger. Right. You know, and it's, it's more that that's your meal instead of, you know, I have 45 minutes to get back to, to work because I'm on my lunch break or whatever the situation is. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 they're kind of built to two different things, but yeah, the pub burger is great too.
0: You yeah. Know, I'm, it's more of a dinner burger. Now that you mention it, Yes, it's, it's yeah. like after work, you go to the pub, you have this burger and they even will serve it with a steak knife. Sometimes you, cut it in half to get it the good middle part where all the ingredients come together and that way. And with the pub burger, you can generally order it to temperature. So if you prefer a rare burger, you can get that. And then I always love it when a venue will cut those bar burgers or dinner burgers in half for me and turn them inside out so I can see how they've cooked it before I bite into it. Um, So, yeah, pros and cons for sure. And all this talk about bar burgers is making me want one. Maybe I'll have to get back into those. You know, there was a time when those kind of burgers were king and smash burgers were just like, whatever. There was a fast food place called smash burger and most of the diners are making them, whether they were calling them or that or not. But these days it's like the term smash burger is very Uh, forward. Whereas the pub burgers seem to be taking a back seat to that a little bit, but we still love them. And so, yeah, now I want one. Tommy, (laughs) where, what, if you were going to build me, knowing me and what I like, if you were going to build me a pub burger for lunch today, what would you put on it?
1: You know, a good a, it, it, a burger has to be good protein to start with so okay. you know you're talking a good burger blend um typically you know if, if, if i'm making a pub burger and I'm if i'm shooting for a, an 18 or a 20 dollar burger that's that's going to be like an entree mm-hmm. you know you've got to go with a blend of two or three different cuts because you know chuck has there there are pros and cons to chuck there's pro and cons to brisket there's pro and cons to short ribs but you can take the best of both of them in certain percentages and have an amazing burger. Okay. Um, I, I would never cook it above medium for you. Cause I think you'd throw it back at me. <laughs> That's You You um, know me well. Yeah. Um, a good, you know, it, the, a good bun, good bread mm-hmm. will, bad bread will ruin a burger. Absolutely. You, you, you could have prime meat and a bad bun and it will ruin any sandwich. Let's so, stop you know, for it, a
0: moment and talk about that for just half a second. Like, two kinds of bad buns on a bar burger. One, a bun that can't support the burger and the bottom of yep. it gets so soggy that it's just like reverts back to a dough like state and yep. the top of it, it's like totally useless. So don't even bother with an inferior bun. And then a bun that's more bun than the burger can handle. Cause it's like some giant puffy brioche that the bun itself is four inches tall, you know? And so, like, the bun is a is a choice to be made by the chef. So, okay, just wanted to pause and talk buns
1: for a minute. With yeah, you. yeah, no, it's it's all it's all about balance. Yes, you know whether it's a turkey sandwich or a burger or anything, it's all about balance. If one thing dominates, it, it overtakes the dish, and you don't get the, the the ultimate vision of the dish. You know, exactly. Um, so yeah, good beef, good burger, cook it correctly. Um, you know, typically. Some some sort of spread like you know what you, know, I, I, you know I hate the sound of Duke's mayonnaise is always my, has been my go-to since I've been living in North Carolina. My wife won't let it in anything else in the house but that, so I have to have it in the in the restaurant. Otherwise, she'll get mad at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love Duke's. You're speaking my language. I I will yeah. give a little shout out to Blue Plate, which I like just as much
1: as Duke's. Yes, yeah, Blue Plate is good too. Don't um, tell Maureen I said that. No, she'll get mad at me yes um and you too and me. Yeah, i want her to like that. <laughs> um you know a good cheese that works with the beef um okay. i think for a sm- for a smash burger american cheese is the the perfect and only acceptable cheese for a smash burger
0: i agree 100 percent thousand but when
1: you get but when you get into a, a more elevated burger patty you have to get into a little more of a more elevated cheese that works with it
0: okay um, what are you doing for this guy on the cheese what, you what know are you selecting the, for me
1: you know looking glass creamery down in a in Columbus, North Carolina, uh, they do an amazing, um, English cheddar, local English, English cheddar that we used to bring in for when we did our pub burger, we brought it in. Okay. Um, and it is fantastic. All right. Um, love me. So, yeah, cheese. Some look, yeah. So some looking glass, uh, uh, English cheddar, you know, veggies are, are acceptable. It, again, it's gotta be in balance. Mm-hmm. Um, this time of year, we're probably at the end of tomato season right now, so I can find some really good tomatoes. With a nice slice of tomato on there. Um, I'm an onion guy with burgers, whether it's a smash burger, pub burger, or any kind of anything. Okay. Um, so I am a I am a, a grilled onion guy when it comes to burgers. for so some of that on there. Okay. And good, it, pick, and good pickles. Good pickles. You got- so
0: your bar burger is <laughs> sort of just a big, fat, juicy, upscale version of your smash burger. It's got a lot what? of the same ingredients: a pickle, onion, cheese bun meat like you didn't throw any um like papaya at me or um i put a unicorn hoof on there for you stew you didn't go too crazy with your pub burger tom you stayed pretty tradition. well
1: i mean the way sourcing is nowadays unicorn hoofs are hard to come by and heard <laughs> heard and papi- I, I mean papaya is nice it just to me it's not a burger
0: Well, you get what I'm saying. You didn't didn't throw any wildness at me, you know? And so that sounds like, that sounds like your, if you were to introduce this burger to your menu, it would be more your dinner burger, whereas your smash burger would be your lunch burger.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the last concept I worked for, it was a full, we developed a full burger bar. Okay. And it was, was, we did smoked burgers.
0: So we would, we
1: had a a, a wood, we had a wood fired smoker in the kitchen that was running all day long. And we would smoke burgers and then sear them on our griddle and it was we had everything from truffle mayonnaise and uh black pepper candy bacon we did pulled pork on a burger we did you know the the classic breakfast burger with a, a runny egg and mm. you know you yep. know all sorts of you know chipotle mayo. we had you know 14 different sauces that went on burgers i mean so yeah i mean it if, if, if the idea is that the burger is part of the equation, then yeah, a pub burger, you can put a second protein, a third protein. I mean, you can have a ton of veggies on there. Um, you know, you know, but if if the, if the burger is a star, you kind of want to lean a little more towards simplicity to kind of elevate the protein. Well, Tom, that's part of what I love about your brother is
0: you don't, I always tell my tour patrons and anybody else who will listen to me that, you don't have to learn new vocabulary words when you eat Tommy's food. He doesn't have to talk you into it. You just make food people like. And this pub burger that you're talking about just sounds like a great big version of your smash burger, which I love. And uh yeah, man. Um, So I want to tell you that like, yeah, you've got my current favorite smash burger in downtown. My other two, if you feel like checking them out for yourself, Tommy, just to know, uh, I really love and you'd have to take a little road trip for this one. I really love the smash burger at the Foothills uh, Butcher Bar in Black Mountain, although you could go to their okay. food truck. They have a food truck at the Highwire Wire Brewing uh, in Biltmore yep. Village. So they have an amazing smash burger. And, um, wow. okay. and I really love the burger at the Med which I'm not sure they call it a smash burger on the menu, but it certainly is when it hits your table. Um, it's a ba- really basic burger. So that's right up the street from Twisted Laurel Asheville. So you could you could definitely check that one out if you wanted to. Um, yeah, Malvern, encourage- has, a
1: solid, Malvern has a pretty solid burger too. Okay.
0: Yeah, I gave them an award for their burger a couple of years ago. Um, it was more of a crazy pub burger though. What was it called? It was man oh it had a it was called the crunch the crunch supreme or something like that it had a it was a double patty and in between the two patties there was a tostada shell yeah <laughs> so that when you bit into it there was this crunch and it, it had like a lot of other stuff on it too it was great yeah yeah man i could that's talk exactly one of the fa-
1: that's, when you, especially when you get a pub burger that's one of the favorite things i like to do in my burgers is throw either potato chips or some, some some kind of crunchy something, just because you've got so much, mush is the wrong word, but softer textures. And, so, yeah. and
0: Tom, I know that you're not afraid to throw some onion chicharrones
1: on top of some food. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm not. Those are fantastic. They work really well.
0: Onion chicharrones, otherwise known as Funyuns, Tom. I don't know.
1: I have no information about that.
0: <laughs> this is a little bit of inside humor between Tom and I. But, yeah, look look for Tom's <laughs> famous onion chicharrones at, at the Twisted Laurel. Um, Tom, it's always a pleasure to see you, man, and I will see you again tomorrow. I'll be coming in with a tour, so you get cool. tired of this face this week. Um, thanks for coming on Talking Burgers with me. Everybody, go check out Tom's menu. It's fantastic. I, we only talked about your burgers and a little bit about your fried chicken, but your dinner menu has got amazing uh, entrees on it and wonderful pastas that you make in-house. And you told me last week that you have a person who just makes pasta. It's his
1: entire job all week long. Just pasta
0: just folding tiny envelopes. What's the Italian word for a tiny envelope? Uh,
1: like, yeah. Yeah. A little, yeah. The Franco Bolle or whatever it is, or Agnolotti or there's yeah. 20 different shapes, that, 20 different names for the same shape. So
0: right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no,
1: he, but yeah, Rodolfo rolls every single Garganelli. He cuts every noodle. He portions everything out. he makes all the fillings. He is my pasta guy.
0: Yeah. And Tom, what was that pasta you served our tour last week? That was so delicate and so wonderful. You said didn't have eggs. Oh Yeah. <laughs>
1: Stutzapretti. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a from like the Emilia, Emilia Romagna region of Italy. Um, and it is the translation means priest stranglers because it's, it's rolled up like a towel that you would, you know, wrap around somebody's neck and choke them with.
0: All right. The people got crazy, <laughs> crazy with their Italian. pasta names back in the day, man.
1: Crazy and, Italians, uh, huh?
0: Yeah. And this, this pasta is not on the menu yet, but you were sort of test driving it for your future menu, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're looking, we're looking at fall menu right now. So we're looking real hard at fall menu right now. We've got to start getting things in place so we can start the transformation here uh, in the next three, four five weeks. So.
0: Yeah. And that, that pasta was a big hit with all the people on my tour and I had some as well and it was very delicate and delicious. And cool. did, did you do a vodka sauce on that? I forget. It had like more of a. Yeah. I, yeah, sauce. I did
1: an old school Italian American vodka sauce. So, you know, bacon shallots, vodka, tomato cream. Yep. like flakes my favorite pasta favorites. sauce in the world so
0: it's your favorite it's, it's my 100%. favorite
1: pasta sauce in the world
0: that's nice to hear i love a good vodka sauce and that's uh not everybody does it right sometimes vodka sauce there's not enough of it it's like just kind of stuck to the side of some ziti or something like that and you're like yeah. okay there's, i need more um, but yeah, so when that, if, and when that dish makes it onto the new next menu, like I'm voting, please put it on. And I know my, my tour patrons would vote the same. Um, then definitely, uh, let me know and I'll let everybody know. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, Tom, you're the best man. <laughs> All right, brother. I love you and I will see you tomorrow.
1: I love you too, man. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, a food fan, and I am here at Food Fan headquarters, and I am here live in the studio, such as it is, with my good friend, Lucho. Hey, Lucho, how you doing, Good, my man.
2: Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. Uh, Pleasure to be here i'm always happy to have you man
0: i wish i could have you every week but your internet connection at your house sometimes pretty spotty and yeah. we were having some technical difficulties with that so you're you're here at my house we were talking about other stuff we decided to record a session a segment together and that is mostly because you and i had a really special experience at a new place called Dillbar the other day
2: and louis speak up real loud so that people can hear you right on so dill bar uh, it's a very new place street food Indian food. And honestly I was very surprised that we found Indian Chinese food in this place. Great place. I really love it.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh we got invited as members of the independent media here in Asheville. It's a great thing to be part of the independent media here in Asheville. They, uh, they value us at the restaurants, and so we get invited to openings and stuff. And so you and I got invited. We went together. We sat down. The place looks fantastic, first of all. Well, first of all, let's say it's located on Biltmore Avenue, right downtown, right next to its sister restaurant, which opened just about two months ago, maybe, called Methville. So if y'all are familiar with Methville, Dilbar is right next door. But
2: brother, it looked fantastic inside. Do you want to describe it a little bit? For sure, definitely. The place, as soon as you walked in, you're gonna be uh uh you're gonna be struck by so much color, the smells, the sound of the music. They were playing Indian music, Bollywood was playing on the big screen. And uh so right away I approached the counter and I was able to notice that they had some food for display there. And it reminded me of India. It reminded me of India right away the smells and i recognized one of the waiters there that's right Uh, g g is his name he's waited on me several times at metfield and uh, it was uh, a great it was a great beginning because i liked the guy so i knew that he was going to give us good service and i didn't expect as much food though we got a lot of food it was a lot of food
0: there they they threw a lot of samples at us and they weren't small samples uh lucho and i shared what they served us but it was still a lot of food and um the the server G he was awesome and the owner Al was very nice he greeted us he was ringing the cash register that night uh, really nice gentleman and I've never been to India but you have and
2: you said that it was a very authentic restaurant experience for sure it reminded me a lot of the things that I ate on the streets when I was uh, in India when I went there I had two really good friends from India and one of them was making sure that I was flying all the food. And uh, so yeah, definitely, the flavors were right there. I liked it. I liked it a lot. In fact, I'm kind of already biased because I like methyl next door so much. So when, I, when I knew that they were the owners, I was excited to go. I mean, I eat that methyl methyl uh, probably at least at least once or twice a month. So
0: there you go. Well, I often say that past experience informs current expectations. And so uh, the fact that you like Methville means that you're expecting Dilbar to fit your personal tastes as well. And they did for you. And for me, it was excellent as well. And my favorite things,
2: uh, Lucho, were the Frankies. For sure. Same here, man. The Frankies were the bomb. I like the chicken one. I think it was either chicken masala or tandoori chicken. No, tandoori chicken, I Chindori. think it was. Yep. Uh, but uh, the, the lamb Frankie was really above. I, I don't know, man. I really love that one.
0: I mean, they brought us the chicken one first, and I bit into that, and I was like, man, this thing is good. I dropped a bunch of F-bombs and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I was very excited. Uh, very tender, like the the wrap, which must be some sort of a non um Mm -hmm. is was very soft and tender the chicken itself was very tender flavors were delicious there seemed to be some sort of yogurt in there or something like that and a lot of flavor so the chicken one made my eyes go wide and and as i mentioned some f-bombs dropped out of my mouth but then the lamb one hit the table and dude i said to you this is like gourmet food like the flavors were like high-end gourmet and this is an indian street food restaurant like it ain't fancy inside
2: you're right you're right i mean
0: it's beautiful but it's not fancy so let me ask you this what do you think of the drinks the drinks i'm glad you mentioned those because they brought us what over the course of the evening four or five four four drinks four drinks uh ending with a hot chai oh Dendi was five you're right yeah okay so the hot chai was just awesome i loved it um And it was a great finish, even though chai is creamy and kind of heavy and we were full, it was a really nice finish. That nice, uh, I don't know, all those spices are just so we, good. You
2: know, it's kind of funny you mentioned the chai because the chai was actually the one that, and I have to say it, even at Medfield, it kind of like, I'm surprised about their approach to chai because it does not remind me the chai that I had in India and in other Indian restaurants. Usually the chai, when it comes to me, is kind of sweet. And not super sweet like other Indian drinks can be, mm-hmm. but a approach to chai is I don't I don't want to say they're sweet. I thought mean, oh, it was pretty sweet. Maybe. I did, yeah, Maybe. I did. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I guess I like it a little sweeter, and and I don't eat a lot of sweets. I no, don't you think. don't. That's, so that's so, kind of
0: funny. But that's
2: I, I'm going to guess that's
0: based on your personal and first experiences with chai in India. And I don't know nothing about chai, so I'm just repeating what people tell me. But um, Chef Merwani Rani from Chai Pani, uh, he told me that chai is different from every vendor and that they really specialize in having a unique chai so that they're trying to get people to come try But That makes
2: sense, man. I, I do love chai overall. It's one of my favorite drinks. Delicious. But how about the other drinks?
0: Okay, the other drinks were awesome, man. I was so surprised when they started bringing us these Creamy, rich, uh, one of the very fruity drink. And what was the other one? The, the, the first two they bought us, one was orange, and it was very fruity and delicious. No, I thought it was mango.
2: It was mango. Yeah, yeah. that's what I meant. It was yeah. orange in color. That's what it, I meant yeah. to say. It, it was a mango milkshake. First, I thought it was a lassi, but yeah. then I saw their menu, and they do have a mango milkshake. Okay. That's what the uh, G had said. And it was awesome. It was very good. It and was not too sweet. Like, exactly. It was sweet, but not too yes, sweet. Definitely, definitely. I, I I like it better than the mango lassi that I had had. But the coffee, man, the coffee. What about the coffee? Yeah, the coffee that was great. I'm gonna have to respond. Awesome.
0: I'll tell you what, like I'm gonna go in to get those drinks. Like, that's that's not something I say a lot about uh restaurants like oh the drink, but no, no, like I don't drink, so it's not about the cocktails, it's about the just the like the beverages on the, in the beverage section. We're so good that I'll go I'll go in to get those Frankies, but oh, I'll definitely. order a I beverage definitely. as
2: well. I, yeah. I'm gonna and you know, I hear okay, I'm gonna say it. i Something that I can I – actually, I'm going to say it like this better. Right now, my favorite coffee drink downtown, it is that coffee with uh, – I think it was vanilla ice cream. Yes, it, it was. At, at Dill Bar. It was uh, great. So I recommend to everyone, you happen to be downtown, go check out that drink, if You especially if you're a coffee drinker. Yeah. I think you're going to like it. It's a little bit sweet, but uh, I think it was delicious. I think it was.
0: Me. I agree. No, and it wasn't a hot cup of coffee with nope. ice cream in it. It was nope. cold coffee with ice cream in it. And it was delicious. Yeah, All the drinks were great. And I thought it was great that they did take the time to feature their beverages
2: with the tasting. They sure did. They sure did. So now let's talk about the rose uh, uh, drink. The rose water drink. Yeah. Rose water drink.
0: Yeah. That one was great, too. Like, I didn't, I liked all the drinks. Like, all the drinks were great. I didn't have an issue with any of them. Some I preferred to others. The hot chai, for some reason, was just the right flavor at the right time. And it was also hot um not that it was cold out or anything but
2: you know yeah. I liked all the drinks how did you feel about the rosewater the drink was too sweet for me man. too sweet I mean I, well I mean I still drank it I think uh-huh. it was good I enjoyed it but I do think that overall it was very sweet uh it's still delicious though I'm very original I mean you when do you hear water drink or milkshake like because it, it was like it. a milkshake yes it was um so no I mean that an original issue was and I feel like uh, it's something that I'll probably buy for somebody just to hate. It's a water milkshake. I feel like it could be a good thing for kids. Yeah. A uh, good thing for Southerners, right? That's really like what I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. kids and Southerners. I, I'll, think, I'll think my daughter that I'm thinking she will like that water milkshake. I think her. kids will like it a lot. And I think
0: kids will like the restaurant in general a lot now that I think about it because it is so. Bright and colorful, and there's great music and stuff sure. playing on the big TVs, like people dancing, definitely the costumes. The logo is really neat, um, and it's the on the wall cool. and neon and stuff. And so it's a great atmosphere for what it is. It's like sort of a fast food atmosphere. And if anybody listening remembers the little boba shop that was right next to the Japanese restaurant where now Methville is, like, was it Hana? Oh, yeah. Hana moved out. Methil moved in, and there was a weird little boba shop that never really took off. You're right. I That's tell. true. Part of why I feel like it didn't take off was because – and that space, if we look even further back in time, was where the Jimmy Johns was. True. Yep. Yep. Um, and so uh, part of what I feel like the boba space didn't do was make that space bright enough –
2: I for agree the with product you, they were selling. I agree, because I think that product is very really hot. A lot of people like it, especially kids. Yeah. you're downtown, it will be a really good magnet for right. uh, families. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't last.
0: It's got this funny little – that space has a funny little dark area right up front. Sure. And if you don't brighten that up, it almost feels like you're about to walk into a dive bar. True. Like, it. It's, it's a dark front, and then once you get in – it's, you know, like any space, you brighten it up with track lighting and whatever. But I think that that Dilbar is doing a good job with that space already. They might have to do even more to brighten it up with some lights out there and stuff. But they've got two really nice-looking tables out there that you can sit at. And um, they've got plenty of tables inside, too. It is geared to go, though, wouldn't you say?
2: Well... I mean, sure enough, because I think that everything that they gave us is easy to carry. Mm-hmm. You can even eat some of this on as you're walking if mm-hmm. you need to. But I also feel like it's so inviting the atmosphere that it created to me, it makes it when I make it a point to go and sit there, okay? But it's also because I do have a big fascination with Indian culture. Mm-hmm. I am from Mexico, and I don't think you've ever been to my house. If you were ever to be in my house, you probably think that I'm Indian. Okay. I, I didn't realize. Yeah, man, that the core that I have in my house is... I love Indian culture. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no, I would stay personally. I will go sure. over there. And I, no, I and agree. I, the atmosphere
0: is very much worth sitting in. I do feel like because all the all the was are going to go, where it's paper, sure. paper, paper cups for the drinks mm-hmm. and stuff, which I appreciate over plastic cups, of course. And um, And I know that, like, that little space has limited seating, so I could tell that they were like, sure. We're hoping people will line up to get this stuff to go. I'm sure that that's as, what, after the seats fill
2: up. Yeah, I'm sure that that's what you that they were thinking because also they do have an Indian restaurant right next door that has a brunch. Yeah, uh, so no, 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 it, I, it is you, a sit
0: that the Indian restaurant next door, Methville, yep. is really nice. The atmosphere is just as bright and just as. Uh, inviting, but totally different than Dilbar. Here,
2: I think that one of the things that Dilbar has that makes it also very different from it from Matthew is the, the music. Yeah, so it's louder. So he, and really, that's also what made me think that I was in India. Okay, <laughs> well, you were these He's loud, loud. loud. are <laughs> yeah. yeah. honking all the time, yeah. and you do hear music blasting, right, right. Uh, so yeah, So they definitely got got that going there for that street theme that they have. Well,
0: I think it's a great addition to downtown. We do. Both Methville and dillbar they have two different personalities, although they are very similar in, uh, I don't know, enthusiasm for what they're doing, maybe I would say. Like, there's a similar vibe
2: to both, even though they are different in terms of the atmosphere and what they're served. Yeah, you know, in fact, there is a chef there and he actually, this is the chef from Methil mm-hmm. that was at Dilbar on the opening night because he recognized me and he said hi to me. And if I remember, his name is Das. Yes. And so yes. yeah, I mean, they are very happy. I believe that he's very passionate about the food that he's putting out there. Yes. To me, I have to say that Methil is my favorite Indian restaurant at the moment. And he is the chef behind.
0: It. Nice. Well, that's some pretty high praise. Uh, I did see somebody ask on Facebook, oh, how many Indian restaurants can Downtown Nashville support? Because we have uh, Mela, we have Mm -hmm. Chai Pani, we we could include Blue Dream Curry House a little bit in that. And um, although they do international curries, they do have Indian curries on their menu. Um, And then we now have Dilbar and methyl. So that's people were like, oh man, that's too many. And I'm like, have you seen the lines outside of Chaipani? Like, come on, we need another Indian Mm -hmm. street food restaurant Mm -hmm. to meet the demand
2: for the street for the Indian food. I think you're right. I feel like there is a craze for Indian food right now. Especially street food. Yep. And I also like you think about it, you just named five. I'm going to add another one. This okay. is not a restaurant, but it's also another an Indian-themed concept in downtown Asheville, which is Spice uh, walla. Spice Wallah. Spice wallah. Yeah, so the Spice Wallah also relates to food, is uh, spices, yep. and they're also selling chai there, by the way. Yep. Uh, so- and they
0: started doing Pani Puri on Friday and Saturday so- from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. They do Pani Puri yep. on the street. I, you're right. And it's awesome. And the, They were the first people I ate Pani Puri from. It was at the Long Gone, Asheville Wine and Food Festival, which is not a thing
2: anymore, but they serve Panty Puri and I fell in love. Well, take it out. So now we're talking about six Indian concepts downtown Asheville within a mile radius yes. from each other. Yes. So yes, I, I, I think it's safe to say that Asheville loves Indian food. I think that is so. safe to say, Lucho. Yeah.
0: All right, brother. Well, thanks for joining me today. Always a pleasure to Thank hang you. out with you, to
2: Bye. eat with you, mm-hmm. and then to talk about it. For sure, for sure, brother. And uh thank you very much. And I'm gonna be making a bilingual blog about this too and a video. So. Okay, and let's not forget to
0: mention Asheville I thank finally you. got it in the right order. Right good on. Brother. You know thank how you. I finally remembered that? I don't know. tell me, please. In the alphabet, uh, A comes before M. Oh good. There I'm you good. go. <laughs> I have to do that kind of what do they call that? Mnemonics. Right. I would I would wither without my mnemonics. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you
2: very much. Bye. Yeah.
0: Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, here at Food Fan Headquarters, just with a real quick little segment for you about an egg sandwich I ate. Now, I love a great egg sandwich. I grew up in the era where the Egg McMuffin was introduced. Like, of course, there were egg sandwiches before that, but... McDonald's introduced the Egg McMuffin during my early childhood. And so I grew up eating those things. And to this day, I don't eat at McDonald's, but to this day, I still really think that I would love an English uh, uh, Egg McMuffin. I really do. Like the flavor on those things was great. So I'll have to try one. Maybe they've changed a lot since I was a kid. Haven't had one in probably 30 years or so. But anyways, I love a good egg sandwich. And, folks, I got invited into Zella's Deli right downtown. It's a new-ish place, been around a couple of years. It's where Table was. Remember, Table was on the corner of Rankin and College Street, right next to the Rankin Vault. Um, And then Table turned into El Gallo Taco for half a minute. And then it turned into Zella's Deli. What it which is what it is today. Now, Zellas is owned by the folks who own Blackbird, a chef named Mike Rippert. And Mike and I are friends. And uh, I met his partner John recently, and John's a really nice guy. And I love the folks who work at Blackbird, the front of the house as well as the back of the house. And so I was excited when Zella's opened up and I went in a couple of times. And I'm going to just be honest with you folks, I couldn't find the things at Zella's that I really loved. I couldn't. And then the manager dropped me a note and she asked me if uh, she didn't know uh, exactly how I work as a food writer. She really only knew me as a food tour guide, food tour guide. And um, so she asked me, Stu, can we hire you to promote Zealous for us? And I said, no, actually, you can't hire me to promote. I, I just promote restaurants for free based on what I love. And I was honest with her. And I said, I haven't found the things at Zellas that I love. But let me start coming in and try to find some stuff that I love so that I can enthuse about it. And lo and behold, there's this egg sandwich. And I love it. It's fantastic. I almost dropped an F-bomb right there. Folks, you know me. If you read my writing, you know that I throw a lot of F-bombs when I'm excited about things, and I almost dropped one right then and there because this egg sandwich is so delicious and so old school. It whisks me right back to the East Coast. I grew up in Boston, you Right back to the East Coast uh, being a teenager and a young working adult I worked in. Everything from factories and warehouses to record stores. Uh, I, I watered plants and offices. I swept floors. I dug holes. I did what I could uh, in the 1980s to survive. It was a terrible time to try to get a job. But anywho, one of my great pleasures in life was an egg sandwich, a breakfast sandwich on a Kaiser roll. Now, you don't find that a lot around the South, um, and but at Zella's there it was on the menu. It was the first thing that caught my eye when I looked at the menu again. Uh, and I ordered it up, egg sandwich on a Kaiser roll. It was exactly the way I remember and how I wanted it to be. And of course, had cheese and I ordered it with bacon. You could have ordered it plain or with sausage. I got bacon. And the way they do the egg is they they crack it on the grill they let it spread out, kind of scramble it a little bit. It's not a scrambled egg. And then they put the cheese on top, and then they fold the egg over almost like a little package, like a little packet, almost like a little packet of cocaine, if you will. Uh, and they uh, and so the cheese gets really melty and like a solid core of cheese in there. And then I thought that was some pretty high-quality bacon. I don't know what they're using, but I, it seemed great to me. And then this soft, soft, beautiful kaiser roll and i am a person that likes mustard with pork and so i put mustard all over it and when i posted it online people were horrified by that and they were like we put ketchup on ice. and i'm like hey put put a sock on there if you want to but ketchup on eggs is not one of my favorite things and ketchup on bacon mm, never done it before but i do put ketchup on hot dogs so i'm not i'm not a ketchup hater actually i love ketchup i always have some in my house but i put some mustard on these eggs on this egg sandwich, tucked in, and it was just perfect. It was one of the most perfect, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It was one of the most perfect things I've eaten in a long time. Like there, everything I expected from it, it provided. And I often say, I just said this to somebody yesterday, that expectations are the death of experience, right? Like your expectations, if they outweigh the greatness of the experience, no matter how great the experience was, your expectations were more so the experience seems like less. So I try actually not to go into restaurants with expectations. Sometimes you can't help it. It's just a human emotion like any other. And um, But I did have expectations of this egg sandwich on a Kaiser roll and expectations met exceeded. It's now one of my favorite things. It was perfect. And I'm going to eat it often. Uh, It's going to be one of my go-tos. And I suggest it to you folks as well. And I told the manager that I'll be back, not just for this egg sandwich, but I will eat my way through their menu. And I will enthuse about the things that get me enthusiastic. And that's the way I operate. In case you're wondering, I don't ever get paid by the restaurant's To uh, promote their food. I I have in the past worked for restaurants doing promo, but I haven't done that in probably seven or eight years. Um, And and when I did do that, I was very upfront about it with the people who follow me on social media. I worked for a place called Barleycorn for a while. And I don't know if you all remember Barleycorn, but it was fantastic. Like one of the, oh my God, it's gone now. And I really miss it. It was struggling to survive. That's why they reached out to me and I, I couldn't I couldn't promote them enough to help them with the situations that were happening with the space they were a uh, nightmare you know restaurants rarely rarely close because the food isn't any good they close for a gajillion other reasons before the food Anywho, that's how I do it. I write about the food that I love um you can give me free food. I ain't opposed to that one bit. Just because you give it to me free doesn't mean I'm going to love it and write about it though. Um, I try to be as honest as I can with the people who follow me for food suggestions. All right, folks, that's that. Thanks for listening to me. I'll talk to you again real soon. This episode of the Food Fans Radio Show was underwritten in part by Asheville Food Tours. Did you know that there are over 200 places to eat and drink in downtown Asheville alone? It can be overwhelming. Whether you're a visitor or a local, there's no better way to experience downtown Asheville than taking a food tour with Asheville Food Tours. Details, pricing, and an easy-to-use calendar can be found at AshevilleFoodTours.com. That's AshevilleFoodTours.com.